Hello, everyone. This is Rich Sports Talk. Sports Talk worth a million, and I'm your host, Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here today. For the past few seasons, it's been the AFC Patriots. Let's be honest, the Patriots have been the class of the AFC, and while to me they're going to be the class once again this year, this year the AFC is a little bit more wide open. I think you're going to see a lot of changing up and down. And for that, we're going to get to our AFC preview. Now, for this preview, I'm going to lay out a few of the ground rules. I look at everything. I look at your roster. I look at how you improved. I look at your head coach, your quarterbacks, compared to the rest of the division. But I also heavily look at the schedule. The schedule is crucial in the NFL. How many road trips do you have back-to-back? How far do you travel? Do you have the longest travel of any team? Do you have one of your biggest games on a short week coming from a Monday night or a Thursday night game after a hard late Sunday night game? There's so many factors that go into it, but I'm going to give you all 16 teams. I'm going to give you the division leaders I have and who I like for the wild card. I'm not going to pick the wild card because there's so many factors that go into it, including tiebreakers. But I will give you the teams that will be in the hunt for the wild card. So let's start it off first with the AFC East and... I know, shocker, the New England Patriots 11-5. Look, they get a lot of their big games at home. The Steelers, the Browns, the Cowboys, Kansas City. But the nice thing for the Patriots is even though they view those first four games as preseason games, for the first eight weeks, it's pretty good for them. And especially at the back end of the season, you look at their first half, they play the Jets twice, the Dolphins, home on Thursday night football against the Giants, the Bills in Washington. And then weeks 15-17, to Dolphins, Bengals, Bills. Those are the three teams they're playing over the last three weeks of the season. So for me, the Patriots have an easy schedule. I know they will lose, they will miss Gronk immensely this year. However, they've done a very good job. And even Bill Belichick said that this defense, especially, is one of the most athletic he's ever had. I think they're going to have an underrated defense as always. Tom Brady is still going to be Tom Brady. Even though I do think you'll see his numbers decline, I think it's because they've built this team. You look, they have a stable of running backs now. They're going to pound the ball. They're not going to be as high scoring of an offense as they sometimes are, but they're going to be a good defensive team, a great special teams team, and they're going to pound the rock and do a great job running the ball, and that's going to be the Patriots' MO this season. In second place at 9-7, and seven, the New York Jets. The Jets did some of the most helping of a young quarterback than probably anyone outside of Cleveland. You look, they've upgraded the running back position with Le'Veon Bell. They've upgraded slot receiver with Jameson Crowder. They've upgraded the offensive line. They got a great defensive coordinator now. They added C.J. Mosley to that defense, Quinnen Williams. Now, I did not like their draft. I've made that known. I don't think they had a great draft, and you've even heard through camp there's a lot of rumblings, and I don't love their secondary, and they don't have a great pass rush. But the things I like about the Jets, the offense looks like it's going to be really good. Adam Gase, when he's had a good quarterback, has been very good. I think you're going to see a breakout year from Sam Darnold. But here's the real reason I love the Jets. Their schedule is ridiculous. They don't leave the Eastern time zone this year. I will repeat that. They don't leave the Eastern time zone. Their furthest trip is Cincinnati. They don't go to the West Coast. It's the shortest schedule in terms of miles in NFL history. That's going to be a huge advantage for the Jets. And you look, even though their first couple weeks are very hard, they have the Browns on Monday Night Football and the Patriots twice, the second half of the season gets very easy. So even the Jets start off 3-5, and five, they have a good second half of the season. So keep an eye on the Jets. I have them competing for the wild card. And if history shows anything, the last couple of Jets coaches in their first year have made the playoffs. I think Gase will be in position for that. We'll have to see how the tiebreakers work out, but the Jets should be in wildcard contention this season. 
At 7-9, and nine, I have the Bills coming in third place. Look, I know they did a lot this offseason to help the offensive line, but I don't trust their running game. Well, Sean McCoy is getting older. They're going to have a running back by committee. Not a lot of game breakers on the outside, although I did like their defensive draft in this upcoming season. I think they're going to have a very good defense, but they have a very tough start. Two roads back-to-back in New York. They have tough road games at the Titans and at the Browns. I mean, they're going to have a tough schedule. And the thing with the Bills is I'm not a big fan of Josh Allen. I've said this when he came out of the draft. I loved his athleticism, and I thought he was a good development prospect. But this is a kid he only threw 52% completions last year. And this is a kid who basically based a lot of his game on running the football. Can he stay healthy from 16 games? I don't even think he can do that. So I do think the Bills are better. I think that they are turning the corner. I think next year could be their breakout year if they can get a couple more weapons and if Allen continues to work on his touch. But I think they're just about a year away. I I do like Buffalo. They're not going to be an easy out this year by any stretch. But I do think that they are just still a little bit away, and I don't love their quarterback who's very inefficient at throwing the football. And finally, at 4-12 and and competing for a top draft pick, will be the Miami Dolphins. Now, I really do like Brian Flores as a coach. I do think he's doing a good job, but right now he's got to change the culture, and he's got to really build that program from basically scratch. I mean, there's even reports that Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to get some starting time this year, which I don't get because you traded a second-round pick for a young quarterback. It's time to see if he can play. So I think they're going to be just trying to find out this season, is Josh Rosen legitimate, or are they going to be looking for a signal caller in the 2020 draft? This is the complete rebuild. And like a lot of the divisions in the AFC, there's a clear bottom team, and that's the Dolphins in the AFC East. Like their head coach, like Rosen better than a lot of people, but it's going to be a big year just finding out who they are and what the plan is going forward. Now we're going to shift to the AFC North. And I have the Pittsburgh Steelers winning this. I know the popular and the trendy pick is to pick the Cleveland Browns, but I will get into them in a minute. Can we just remember last year, that the Steelers were a Ravens went away from getting into the postseason. May I remind you that no team last year had more trauma than the Steelers. They had their best player, arguably went AWOL. Their best running back held out for the entire season, and they were still a game out of the postseason. This year, I think you're going to see Big Ben have a fantastic year because he took a beating this offseason. So did Mike Tomlin. I think the Steelers, if you were everything out of that camp, they are focused. They're going to have a big year. And you look at all the receivers they have. Did they lose a big piece in the Antonio Brown? Yes. But if there's two positions the Steelers draft incredibly well, it's wide receiver and running back. I think you might see another breakout receiver for them this year. I think their running game will be fine. I love their defense. Great pass rush. This is one of the few teams that I could see going toe-to-toe with New England in the postseason. And for that, and also because of the motivation and the players and every level that they have on that team is solid. I love the Steelers, and they're one of the team, few teams I would consider that could actually compete for a Super Bowl out of the AFC. In second place at 9-7, and seven, competing for a wild card is Cleveland. Now, Cleveland, they're the biggest wild card in football. They could be the biggest dumpster fire if things don't go right. Here's the problems I have with Cleveland. It's not that I don't think Baker Mayfield can get to the postseason, But there's a lot of things I don't like about this team. Number one, Odell Beckham. Will he be a distraction if he doesn't get his touches? And more importantly, can he stay healthy? Are we forgetting he's missed 16 games over the last two years? Will Jarvis Landry be upset if he doesn't get his touches? Will David Njoku get upset if he doesn't get his touches? Will 
Kareem Hunt be upset if he doesn't get his touches in the back end of the season after suspension? They have a rookie head coach. I just think that there's so much going on. We're also forgetting that Cleveland against teams with winning records last year only had one win. And they're in four primetime games this year. They had one primetime game last year. And that was against the Jets with a rookie quarterback and against a team that played three games in 11 days. So I think that the Browns will be the most interesting team to watch. That's why they're on all these primetime games. But they also have a lot of big late-night games and short weeks. How will that affect them? And this is a team that you could see it going sideways very quickly, but I just think they're so talented, they're going to find their way to nine wins, even with all the potential distractions. At 8-8, eight and eight, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I'm not a big fan of Lamar Jackson throwing the ball. I think that that offense that they have can win games. They have a good running game, good offensive line. I think Jackson, especially running the football, they can get to eight wins. Now, I thought about putting them in front of Cleveland, but here's the problem. I think Cleveland has the better roster, but more importantly, this to me is the biggest caveat. No team lost more great players and leaders on defense than Baltimore. Now, I will say this. I do think Baltimore will have a very good defense. I will even say they probably have a top 10 defense this year. But last year, don't forget, when that run they had, that defense carried them the last eight games of the season. That defense was incredible. They lost a great bunch of leaders and it's going to take a while I think to get some of those pieces to gel just right because think about it they didn't play a lot in the preseason they're trying to keep these guys healthy they have a new safety in Earl Thomas they got a bunch of new young guys they bring in I think that they're a year or two away from really meshing and being one of those top five units again but for this year I think there's just going to be a couple of games where they're not going to mesh there's going to be a lot of ugly wins in there and if Jackson though but if Jackson I will say this if he comes out and throws the ball efficiently and we see a difference in his accuracy they could give Cleveland a run for their money because the Ravens will not be an easy out and in fourth place is the Cincinnati Bengals they had the worst defense in NFL history last year I'm not kidding is it better with some of the young pieces they got in the draft yes but to me, this is a transition year. I think they're going to be drafting a quarterback to replace Andy Dalton next year. They just don't have a good roster. They have some good young pieces that they can build around, but let's be honest. They're going to go into fights against Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Pittsburgh. Six of their division games, they are woefully outgunned, not only at quarterback, but the entire roster. This could be an ugly season in Cincinnati, but I do think like Miami, they, are, they understand that they're in a complete rebuild, and they, they know that their division now is two good young quarterbacks, and they are probably going to look for another one in 2020. Let's head out to the AFC West. Now, this might surprise people because how much I love the Chargers, but I'm actually picking the Chiefs to win this division. Number one, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback talent in the NFL right now. I also think you look at Andy Reid's history, he is great in the regular season. They are going to win a lot of games, and they are going to just simply outski them. They have a favorable schedule despite having a first-place schedule. And let's be honest, even though they lost a lot of great pieces on that defense, they recouped a lot of those assets through trades, free agency, and the draft. I don't think their defense will mitch much of a step, even though it wasn't the focal point last year. And you look, they kept Travis Kelsey. They're not losing Tyreek Hill for any extended time this year. Those are two huge pieces on that team. And they drafted incredibly well. I like some of the young weapons that they're going to have on that offense. Mahomes now has another year of experience in the system. Andy Reid could even open up the playbook a little bit more. 
I think that Kansas City, once again, is the winners of the AFC West, mostly because at second place, I have a 10-6, and six, the Chargers competing for a wild card and likely winning the wild card, in my opinion. They'll be the top wild card team. There are three big reasons why I don't love the Chargers this year. Number one, Derwin James, their best defensive player, is injured. That's going to be a huge morale blow. The second and another morale blow is going to be their running back, Melvin Gordon. Now, I don't think they will miss much in terms of how many good running backs they have, but Gordon is an elite talent. He's one of the big focal points on that team. And just having a holdout over your camp isn't very good in terms of your team's morale. But here's the biggest reason. They're going into their third season in Los Angeles. It's clear they're not that popular in that city despite having a great team. This is another team that could potentially win the Super Bowl like last year. If they don't draw well again and they continue to outdraw road fans and that soccer stadium, is it finally just going to wear on this morale of this team? I mean, they've gone on this us against the world for two years. They've been holding that up. You know, it's us against the world. No one really cares about us. But is it going to finally break? They just get tired of man saying, man, we can't even get an advantage at home. Like, could that just drain on them psychologically? I think that could be a bit of a factor this year because this is year three. If it doesn't hit in Los Angeles and they don't have a full house of their fans for the third consecutive year, I think that that could wear on them. At third place at 7-9, I have the Denver Broncos. Did they upgrade their quarterback position? Yes. Was it a huge upgrade? Not really. I mean, I love their defense. They're going to have a great pass rush, a top 10 defense again. I do like their running attack, but it just feels like once again, they're limited. They're limited, especially in division when you have Phil Rivers and you have Patrick Mahomes. They just feel limited. They feel like they're going to have to win a bunch of ugly games. And look, I think they're going to be okay. Could they maybe compete for a third wildcard spot if everything breaks right? Maybe. But I just feel like they're one of these teams, once again, they're kind of in a quarterback purgatory, and they're just kind of waiting to hopefully get a guy next year or in the following year. I think Flacco holds it down a little bit, but when you look above them with Phil Rivers, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, they're right where they are. They're the third best team in the division. And in fourth place, the Oakland Raiders, 5-11. and Oakland has not been getting given any favors I mean for first thing they've been on hard knocks and that hasn't exactly been great because we've seen all the drama especially with Antonio Brown I'm not sure how it's going to work with Antonio Brown and Derek Carr but they'll be one of the more fascinating teams to watch but they also have one of the worst schedules in the NFL no one's done them any favors because you look in terms of traveling miles they have the most they're not home I'm going to remind you they're not home From the 15th of September till November 3rd, they're all on the road. That's a month and a half, including a London trip in there. And after a bye week, oh, they got to go to Green Bay. They also have to go on the road to Houston. Their schedule did them absolutely no favors with a team that just feels like it's just a bunch of drama. They're one step away from having a lot of infighting. And the second thing, too, is I'm not sure how much John Gruden is into his quarterback. I mean, this was his opportunity on Hard Knocks to really prove how much he loves Carr. And all you've been getting, like, yeah, he's all right. So I don't know if that's going to even last this season. There's just a lot of turmoil. They have one of the worst travel schedules in the NFL. They're not home for a month and a half. That is huge in the NFL, not being home. That really throws you out of rhythm, especially when you have a team like the Raiders, where a lot of that core is young guys. So I think that's going to really hurt them this year. And finally... The AFC South. And this is my boldest prediction. 
Now, I'm going to preface this by saying this to me is the Wild West division. You can make a case that any team could win this division. And they're all extremely close now. But my bold pick is the division winner at 9-7 and seven will be the Indianapolis Colts. And now I know a lot of you are saying, well, wait, didn't they just lose Andrew Luck? Yes. But I do think Jacoby Brissett is a solid quarterback, and he also will have a better offensive line and weapons than he did when he was asked to take over for Andrew Luck a couple years ago. I do also think this team is going to have a bit of a rallying, an us-against-the-world or the world can't think we can do without Andrew. I think that's going to be a big thing. And don't forget, Frank Reich, he adjusted that whole system, and he made Nick Foles work in Philadelphia. So if anyone can adjust to a backup quarterback, it's him. Jacoby's been playing the whole preseason, so it's not like they're going to lose a step coming in week one. And here's the thing. They have a great defense. They have an underrated defense that could be a top 10 defense, a great offensive line. And here's the other thing. I don't love any of the teams in this division. I don't. And that leads me to, at 8-8, eight and eight, the Houston Texans. Now, this is everyone's popular pick. But here's the problem. Deshaun Watson hasn't been able to stay healthy because he's behind the worst offensive line in football against teams with very good pass rushes, especially in his own division. I don't think he's going to stay healthy the whole year. Don't forget, there's a lot looming over this Texans team. Are we forgetting they're talking about trading their arguably their best player, Jadavian Clowney, right before the season? So they're going to potentially lose one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. We're also forgetting that J.J. Watt played 16 games last year. The previous couple of years, he couldn't stay on the field. I don't buy that he's going to be healthy for a full 16 games this year. They've already lost Lamar Miller to an ACL. I don't think Deshaun Watson can play 16 games behind that offensive line. It is brutal behind that offensive line. I mean, he couldn't get in a plane last year because he had a punctured lung playing behind this offensive line. Look, I think the Texans are a talented team, but how many times over the last decade have we had moments where the Texans could really step up and prove that they were a great team and a great organization, and they always just seem to fall a little bit flat? I mean, this is their year. This division, once again, wide open, but I just think in terms of their health, potentially trading Jadavian Clowney, I, I just don't think it's in the cards, and when it comes to the big step-up games, I think, like usual, they're just going to fall a little bit short. Then at 7-9 and nine in third place, I have the Tennessee Titans. I like Vrabel. I think he's a very good and underrated coach. I think they have a great defense. I'm not completely sold on Derrick Henry, but they have a decent running game, and arguably an underrated offensive line that's really a top five unit that no one talks about. But here's the problem. It's the quarterback. Is Mariota going to start 16 games? Is Tannehill going to start 16 games? Are both combined going to start 16 games? They have two quarterbacks that are very similar. High draft picks, can't stay healthy, inconsistent, and struggle with accuracy. So I do think you're going to see them try to make a decision with Mariota. I think they're going to really try to see if this is the year he has a breakout year. But I do think at the end of the year, they're going to be in a situation that they're going to be maybe looking for a new quarterback because right now they've been saying Tannehill could beat out Mariota or could get significant playing time. And look, maybe Tannehill will get a rebirth in Tennessee. Maybe it will be a better situation than Miami. Who knows? But here's the thing. I think that they're going to try both. I think you're going to see... One of them get injured at some point this season and lose time, so the other one will play. I think it's going to be a revolving door quarterback, and the old cliche of if you have more than one quarterback, you don't have any quarterback in the NFL will ring true for Tennessee, despite having a good defense and a good coach and a solid running game. And that leads me to Jacksonville at fourth place in 6-10. and 10. Look, 
I like Nick Foles. Incredible story. But there's Nick Foles in Philadelphia, and there's Nick Foles everywhere else. And everywhere else has not been pretty. Think about it. They had a system that worked great for him. And let's not forget, everything in Jacksonville is a downgrade. Offensive line, downgrade. Running back, wide receiver, tight end, all downgrades. Look, I think he can make them a game or two better. I think he won't turn the ball over as much as Bortles. But he doesn't have a good running game. Leonard Fournette's been a disappointment and is averaging 3.6 yards per carry. And this is a defense that imploded last year because of some of the personalities. Don't forget, they also have Jalen Ramsey wanting to get a new contract. That could be a distraction this year. This right now is a team that has a lot of egos, and they have a lot to say. But here's the problem. I just don't think they're that good, especially offensively. I could see this team having a rift around week six, week seven. If this offense isn't scoring more than 20 points a game, that that defense is going to call out the offense, and I don't think it's going to end pretty. With every other team in this division, I could say they have a great unit on each side of the ball. Houston has a great quarterback and great receivers. Indianapolis has a great offensive line and great tight ends. I could look at Tennessee, and they have good running backs and a very good offensive line. You look at Jacksonville, and you're like, yeah, I don't really like any of those units. Arguably, Nick Foles is the best offensive unit that they have at quarterback, and after Deshaun Watson in this division, at best, he's maybe the second best, but we've also seen him outside of Philadelphia, and it hasn't been pretty. So that's my predictions for the AFC this year. Once again, the division winners are the Patriots, the Steelers, the Chiefs, and surprisingly, the Indianapolis Colts. I have the Jets, I have the Browns, I have the Ravens, I have the Chargers, and I have, based on their record, the Texans competing for wildcard spots. I do think it's going to be fascinating. I think in this conference, it's really going to come down to wild cards. I think you're going to see a lot of teams battling for those two spots because really, I think, Two of the divisions with the Steelers and the Patriots I feel very confident about. I think you can flip-flop in the AFC West. If Kansas City doesn't get it, it's going to be Los Angeles. It's going to be one of those. Both those teams are going to be back in the postseason. So you're going to have a bunch of teams battling for that last spot, really. It's going to be a competitive year, but I like my picks based off the schedule, the rosters. I think that that's how it's going to happen. We can obviously review this later in the year once we get to the end of the season. How right I was, how wrong I was, but... Those are my opinions. If you'd like to voice your opinions, make sure to like, subscribe, and comment. And also check us out, Rich Sports Talk, wherever the handles are available on social media. And, of course, you can email us, richsportstalk at gmail.com. And, of course, wherever podcasts are available, guys, you want to listen, any streaming service, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, TuneIn. If you can think of a podcasting platform, chances are we're under it under the banner rich sports talk thank you so much for joining us while the nfc coming up next make sure not to miss that episode until then i'm your host nolan rich and this is rich sports talk